Podcast Network Asia. What is up, everybody, and welcome to it, your second and last episode of the Class Clown Podcast. My name is Chino Liao. As always, it sounded like I forgot my name. Which happens a lot, guys. It happens a lot when you don't, when you don't socialize with the world. You know your your men, mental faculties start to disappear. <laughs> but hey, guys, how have you been? How did you like my cry for help, aka the solo pod, aka me trying to figure out who exactly listens to this show? What kind of individual listens to this show? How much free time do you have on your hands to listen to my show? <laughs> Nobody has followed instructions and, and told me to you know go fuck off or something on social media. So I am still under the impression that bots bots have developed ears and they are the ones who are making my numbers go up now if you are not a bot and just really antisocial then i can't blame you you know it's not your fault if you just enjoy listening to somebody like me an unemployed 30 year old rant on about the many many things in the world then i'm glad that you have decided to take uh 30 to 45 minutes out of your day to to listen and talk with my guests. And for this week, we have another trip around the world in the series that still has no name, where I try and profile different comedy scenes around the world. And today, we are going to take a trip to the Merlion City of Singapore. That's right. Singapore actually has one of the largest scenes anywhere in Southeast Asia. And you'll hear me say this thing that people say that in Singapore, everybody runs a show. right? In Singapore, it's a lot closer to a lot of the more metropolitan or larger comedy scenes around the world. Wherein you can get in three or four shows a night as a comedian and as an audience member. If you know where to go and you know where you're going and what you're doing, you can get three or four comedy shows a night. That is very rare. Rarely does that happen here in the Philippines. You're lucky if you walk away with two a week, but in Singapore, they can get three a night, which is really, really good. So that means they're doing something right. And today... I am going to talk to one of the people who knows exactly why that is in Mr. Sam C. Sam and I met a while back in Singapore while I was doing my own soul searching, my eat, pray, loving, but mostly eating uh, through Singapore. I, I went there a few years back. He was the, one of the guys who hooked me up with a few shows while I was there going around Singapore, looking for different venues, trying to see 
what the essence of such a metropolitan, such a cosmopolitan city is like. Why it's unique from other scenes around the world and why people really just thrive there as comedians. So I talked to Sam also about many other things like his comedy, how it's evolved into a streaming service, and all that and many more on this week's episode of the Class Clown Podcast. So here we go with my short conversation with Mr. Sam C. All right. With me today on the podcast, he is one of the heavy hitters from Singapore, also mainstay in the scenes across Asia, and a good, good friend. Let's welcome Mr. Sam C. to the podcast. Hey, Sam. Oh, don't believe any of those lies, viewers. That's just... (laughs) I'm just a dumbass that do dumb stuff. Yeah, I I forgot to tell you, this is just audio. So all, all... don't believe any of those lies, listeners. It's all dumb, dumb right. lies. I'm a <laughs> I am but a foolish idiot who does dumb things on the internet yeah. and occasionally live in person. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's what the pandemic has caused us to do, right? Leave mm-hmm. leave digital lives. <laughs> yeah, which I don't mind. Like I think a lot of performers performance, a lot of comedians just could not like pivot a lot of comedians could not like understand how stand-up could work online right. they could understand how anything could work online so it was fascinating to see like with the start of the pandemic and where we are now about a year and a half after it to see like how some of like the strongest and the best comedians in the world have just fallen off the map yeah. like just yeah. doing absolutely nothing and i'm like just to brag to me how good you were and how strong your careers were and how great of a performance you were but you can't handle a zoom call yeah <laughs> kind of weak kind of weak <laughs> no i feel i know exactly where they're coming from because i have only just gotten command of zoom comedy and the pandemic is almost over so it's like too little too late now, I guess. I mean, you know, so I, it's not like we're going to have shows anytime soon here in the Philippines. So as far as I'm concerned, maybe I still have time to, you know, crack some jokes and hear the, the lagging laughter right after said jokes. I, I love how people are just like, oh, you know, the pandemic's over. And I'm like, oh, there's this ma- magical Greek symbol over the horizon. It's called the Delta. Have you heard of the Delta? Uh, All of Australia at point of recording, which is in like dire straits. Yeah. Japan's in a state of emergency. I'm like, nah, the, the pandemic's going to be here for another year or two. Well, that's true. Uh, that that is true. Yeah. Anyway, enough about the pandemic. People are already depressed enough as it is. Uh, I want to talk about you. And your Dude, let's next- let's make it more depressing then. So my it all started when I was born. <laughs> and your neck of the woods. So we met, if I'm not mistaken, what mid 2010s, right? Was that 2015 when I first met you in about there? I I don't know where I feel like I met you in the Philippines itself, but it could have been in like no, I think I met I, you in Singapore because I remember was it heading, Singapore? Yeah, I remember heading off to Singapore to look for some shows and our good friend Red Oliero connected mm-hmm. us online. Uh and you so you were kind enough to send uh, a few bookings my way. Mm-hmm. How did you yourself? But I never got to ask you this. So how did yourself get started in stand-up? 
Uh, so I started in 2012. The The long and short of it was that I liked comedy. I liked stand-up for years. Never thought I'd do it. I was very happy in the world of programming as a student. I uh, thought I would actually, if I do anything on the side, it would be a bit of singing because I like my jazz. I like my jazz singing. And then stand-up just kind of popped into the sphere. Uh, went to an open mic and... Like, this is, like, 2012 open mic. So, this is when Singapore had, like, the OG strong gang. So, you had, like, Fakafaz, Shavu Chana, Jinx Yo, Rishi Pudrani, Vernon Lewis, Jonathan Atherton, Liam McDonald, all of, like, the original players in the Singapore scene who have now gone on to, like, very big and good things. Like, this is when they all started. And I came in, like, as they were, like, slowly beginning to, like, the teeth were sharp, but not, like, at the point where it's razor right now. And I started then because I was like, okay, this is fun. The scene is nice. The scene is interesting. As well, everyone knows because it's me. I started off like behind the scenes working to help at shows, uh, helping to program open mics and all that. And then slowly getting more stage time, hosting more. And then now I'm the jackass. Like, before the pandemic was the traveling man. I just went everywhere to do, to do comedy because... Uh, You'll never be a prophet in your own land. Yeah, but I mean, you you, you did the legwork though. That like what you just said, you helped out shows. You did the grunt work at open mic, something that not a lot of people want to do. Because you know, everybody who goes into stand up is all just about performing. I want to perform. I want. I want a headline. I have an hour. I mean, it's 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 a fifty fifty. Like on the one hand, it is. It's good to just go out there and perform because sometimes I, I go walk into a show, I get labeled as the showrunner or just the host. So there is that risk of doing that. But on the other hand, it's good to have an understanding of the, of the situation because you're not going to have people wanting to run your shows. You're going to have lull in, lulls in your careers and having an understanding of how to run a show and an understanding of your audience and understanding on how audiences react is a, is a good skill for like a long career. Long, like I've always been longevity. I've always been, let's focus on the long-term game instead of like the short-term, well, I'm going to sell an hour, I'm going to sell out. I'm like, okay, good. And I'm going to put the hour online. Great. Now what are you going to do after that? huh? You, you, what are you going to do after that? huh? You're you going to write another hour? You're going to have, you're going to invite your same friends that you invited for the first 10 shows back again for the same jokes, you dumbass. It's like, you got you to think long-term. Think long-term. Yeah, right. That's And you do that very well too because you've you've diversified yourself even amid the pandemic you've gotten very into twitch which is i know i'm jumping a long ways ahead here but you know twitch has been something that's always interested me because i always thought it was just video games but apparently there's a little porn on the side well uh, porn is a very strong word i would say it's a titillation titillation right a little teasing a little bit of a bra strap here a little bit of butt there now, please note, listeners, the titillation does not come from me unless you are weird. In that case, you can find me online. But Twitch has a few uh, women who get in a hot tub in their homes and then they sort of like bend over to the camera and go, <laughs> Hello, everybody. What are we talking about today? I'm not porn. I am merely having a conversation in a hot tub in my bikini <laughs> and my tits like at the camera. Like What, what draws to mind is that there's a, there's a sort of a secondary like kind of like a back background character in the simpsons like the uh elvira parody 
Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at my boobs. Yeah. The, yeah. T- the tall white haired lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at my boobs. Yeah. That's that's basically Twitch hot uh, hot tub streams. <laughs> they they've now moved on because they they've kind of like Twitch and the world at large has realized that the hot tub streams are basically soft core porn and yeah. they are sort of like cracking down. So now they have transitioned over to the ASMR streams. <laughs> they are... <laughs> The, the way God intended. Save that stuff for OnlyFans, right? Save it for uh, for OnlyFans. But OnlyFans is, but I think OnlyFans has that, that connotation of, oh, you know, it's dirty. Whereas Twitch is so accessible. You can watch right. it in your phone. So it's just, right. it's accessible pornography, which is... <laughs> which is um, what we all want for porn, really. It is, it, it. <laughs> it is true equality. We are now right. all truly free men. Yes. Right on. And <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. The erect head. Um, I want to talk to you about Singapore itself as a scene because when I was there, I was very like a few years ago. Very no, no more than a few years ago. I was very overwhelmed by how large your scene is. Like uh, somebody, I remember, I can't remember who, but one of the Asian comedians, local Asian acts, said that the inside joke in Singapore is that everybody has a show. Everybody's a showrunner. Everybody has an open mic or yeah. a showcase going on and sometimes you get to five or six shows on a night so how did that happen were you privy to the birth of that uh i mean i was definitely around like so singapore comedy kind of started at around 2010 2011 before i came in with a uh, comedy masala which was a weekly show and then just as i was coming in they just opened up a second weekly show which was a uh, talker comedy so both were sort of open mics, although Masala was a little bit more like a showcase than an open mic. So uh, for terminology's sake, an open mic is where any jackass can come up and do a set and it's like there's no quality expected. A showcase right. is where, okay, there's a little bit of quality needed, there's a little bit of expectation, there's a bit of a show to it. Right. So when I entered 2012, the shows were slowly, like there were just two shows a week, one showcase, one open mic. And then slowly I was part of the showrunning community. And then I was one of people who helped spearhead a lot of extra shows and helped with show running, door work, tech work, graphical work. And before the pandemic, we were at a point where it was with the Merry Line, the comedy club there, which is sadly gone now. Uh, we could have like seven to nine shows a week. Wow, that's and so that's more than more than one show a day on weekends. Yeah. I assume you guys have a marquee or a matinee rather. Yeah, so it's, I mean, Tuesdays is still comedy masala. Right. Then on the Fridays, the weekends, you'll have your, the Merry Line, and then you also have like the late night shows. So you get to do, do a spot or wow. host the, the first show, and then you can do like a small spot on the, on the late night show, which I mean, the late night show is basically five or six strong folks, but eh, it worked. Right. right. I mean, the only time I've ever experienced this uh, was when I was in the US, where you got to do one or two shows on the same night, right? Like if you really wanted to, you could squeeze in a third. Right. Mm. So, but Singapore, since it's such a pocket-sized country, I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to get from one venue to the other within within like an hour. It's not like you have to spend two hours in traffic like it is here. Oh yeah, I know. I I, I know that. I did like three shows in one night in the Philippines. Philippines one night. No, we've never. Shows, we've, was... The most we've had are twice a night. Really. And that's usually because there would be an open mic that would start much later than the actual show. So whoever comes from the showcase at one bar can just head over to the open mic to try more jokes or to just hang out. I, I've done it a few times. I feel I've done three because I remember one time I did, I started off the night in some 
in the Makati area. Yeah. And then I went over to Open Siomac and then I ended up in Burroughs. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, that's possible then. That's possible because I don't know what the Makati area show was like, but there are Just there are some o- there are overlaps that, that tend to happen, you know, like with the with the Borough and the Open Shawmite one. That tends to happen. That night was fun because uh, I got to experience the, the Philip, uh, which you probably can't do anymore, the Filipino uh, drinking thing where uh, everyone sits in a circle with one glass and you just, yeah, and you just pass from the same glass yeah. and pass it around. Which you can't the, do anymore because pandemic is going to Yeah, that. the things you do yeah. pre-COVID. Uh, also, uh, the the other Filipino thing, which was, oh no, I'm late for something, but I'm caught in a jam. I know I'll drive against traffic just to, <laughs> which I was like, we nearly got run over by a damn truck, a damn yeah, truck. Nah. If you if you don't get nearly run over during your stay here, have you really ever visited the Philippines? No. I mean, <laughs> don't get you... run over. You don't get like high cholesterol. You don't. You don't get stuck in four hour traffic just yeah. to the Seven Eleven. And the amazing thing about that is you can easily pass off as a Filipino or like at, at least a Chinese Filipino, right? Yeah. You're not Caucasian. So people are going to be a lot meaner to you than they are to like okay. a white dude, right? Because <laughs> the people can't uh, see. I have a very interesting skin tone where it's like light enough for Chinese, but it's a little bit like a bit more tan than most Chinese. So I have this weird... And also because I wear bow ties everywhere. I have a weird habit of constantly looking like I'm a tourist, but actually, but also could be a local. Yeah, like a, right. Tw- tw- like he doesn't look like he's from around here, but he dresses too well to be a tourist. So he's got to be a local, right? It's like that weird like thing where, and like I am Filipino, Malaysian, Burmese, Vietnamese, just cause the skin tone slightly just darker. Any, and... any country in Southeast Asia, you fall right under that. You travel. No, I have been in America and I was like, I'm from Singapore. And they went, oh, is that, is that in Florida? Wow. Because <laughs> Cuban. I was like, I didn't know I considered, I considered no, as Cuban. I, but to be fair, Ameri- yeah, to be fair, as somebody who's also been in the US, Americans are idiots. So yeah. <laughs> anything outside their state is automatically Florida. Yeah, to be fair, the guy who asked me that was a conservative Mormon. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Which is like, I'm oh. not surprised. Yeah, he was. Not he su- was cool. He was a very lovely lad. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, but. More with the Class Clown Podcast in a bit, but first, let me tell you about the many ways you can help this little podcast out of mine starting of course by shopping on Lazada that's right Lazada is having its biggest mid-year sale ang daming sale sa Lazada but we're not complaining especially if by shopping you can help the Class Clown podcast out how? it's very simple all you have to do is log on to podlink.co slash shk again podlink.co slash SHK that will lead you to your Lazada app and you can add to cart from there. Now, for every successful add to cart and checkout that you do via that link, I get a little something something to help out the Class Clown podcast. Now, if you're after more important fares, you know, Alexa Echo. Diba? Or in an Amazon Kindle. I think you know where we're going. That's right. Amazon is now also part of the link deals. If you 
or a friend from abroad want to get the latest things from Amazon and you want to shop more and smile more as their current slogan says then you can use my link podlink.co slash s60 again the link podlink.co slash s60 that'll lead you to Amazon and again for every successful ad to cart and check out you do via that link I get a little something something from Papa Jeff Bezos keep calling him Papa because I hope he'll adopt me one day even if I am 34 <laughs> but I get a little, little something something from him he might fly me to space and from there you can help the Class Clown podcast out. Now, if you have a podcast, if you yourself have a podcast, then you should be a member of Podmetrics. Podmetrics is the super easy, super fast way to monetize a podcast. You can track your podcast ranking on there, your listenership, how it's doing, and get yourself some sweet, sweet links like I have right now. All you have to do is sign up on podmetrics.com and use my referral code CLASSCLOWN. Again, the referral code is CLASSCLOWN, no spaces. If you are an advertiser and you want to work with me and you want me to murder the names of your products, (laughs) all you have to do is log on to podmetrics.com slash advertisers. Again, podmetrics.com slash advertisers but enough chit chat let's jump back in to this episode of the class bound podcast moving on from that since singapore is in the its own microcosm of a shall we say dictatorship i didn't really see comedy in the way that it's flourished there flourishing as much you know what I mean? Like, because the freedom of speech outside of it, especially in places like Malaysia or here, are just is so much more than in Singapore. How did you guys navigate that? Like, are you guys constantly in trouble with the government? Are your shows always shut down? The situation, I think, between us and the other Southeast Asian countries is that although we have a lot of like all these laws and strict and Singapore censorship, we're not that important. They don't kind of give a shit about us. We're not that important. Whereas like the other countries where it's not as Western heavy, there's less of a need to appeal to the West. But also there is a, sometimes there is a bit of a fear of their English speakers. They, they might be more liberal because they speak English. Whereas in Singapore, everyone's an English speaker. So like if you were trying to talk shit about the government in Singapore, they're like, yeah, everyone talks shit about the government. Of course. But you talk shit about the government in Malaysia and you're speaking English as a bit of like, oh, a bit of a, this could be a danger. This could be a dissident. Like, for example, if, if we were doing this in Singapore, but in Chinese or Malay, we would be under the same, oh, this could be a dissident situation. But because we're doing it in English, we cool. You know, that makes a lot of sense because I kind of forgot how much of a melting pot Singapore actually is. Right, because yes. you guys have come from all over the world essentially. Yeah, white people there now. Yeah, we have we don't have white people, we have variants of white people. We got white people that are yes. so we have white people who are here who are as broke as we are. We have like broke white people who are super local, and anytime there's an argument, they're, like, they're automatically on our side because they hate the expats too. Because they hate the expats, <laughs> they didn't get the money. 
Yeah. They're broke as fuck. They just they just here to make a family and all that. Find the first Asian girl to marry. Yeah, ain't that the truth? But no, this- I no. This is how how experts they are. They they came here and then married white people. Oh wow! Okay, wow! I did not know that. They didn't even marry the locals. I was yeah. I was just like. Whoa! What the fuck is going on? This is a that is like that. That is the opposite of how it is everywhere else. Yeah, I'm like you guys are local because you found the white girl. You got the white woman. You are you are as local as the rest of us idiots. I mean, I mean, yeah, I could see that happening. I remember a few comment meeting a few Caucasian Singaporeans who are also married to fellow Caucasians, but it's just not the way you'd expect it to turn out. You know what I mean? Because like, and, you're, you're and the only sort of com- white comedian in Singapore who married an Asian girl is like Liam, but then right. she's like, yeah, she's like Hong Kong Canadian. So it's like, okay, it's, technically she's white. She's, <laughs> passport wise, she's white, so it don't count. Yeah. So that flavor in Singapore that is uniquely Singapore, where the Chinese, the Malays, the Indians, the white people. The whoever get to commingle with one another. Do you think that makes for like a more diverse scene? Like that is that uniquely yours, or is that found everywhere else? I think it's found everywhere else. I think comedy in general, you will find people that don't fit into the norms. People that are a little bit different, and that means just by pure like just by pure chance, you're gonna have a nice mix. Wish there was more women, because I always wish there was more women in comedy. But I think in terms of uh, nationality and races, there is a very nice diverse mix. Right, right. And it's all over the world. I mean, look at Philippines is an exception because understandably, yeah, we, this is a, we have zero females. <laughs> no, you're doing it in like local dialect. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. So diversity and race will be reduced. I mean, you got one Japanese guy, but then that's the that's the rule for Southeast Asian comedy. You need to have one Japanese guy in your scene. <laughs> There's a whole thing like they send out Japanese comedians. Yeah, out. there was never one in Singapore, and rumor has it that the guy who was sent to Singapore ran away and was never heard of again because <laughs> Singapore was too scary of a city to integrate into. So it's too Malaysia, much like Japan. That's why because <laughs> because you you folks have Yuki. Yeah, Malaysia has well fuck his name again. And I met him too. Yeah. Yuki knows him. Yeah, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they, they all know each other. They're from the same. They're from the same. It sounds no, it sounds racist, but they are from the same agency. Just to yeah, clarify yeah, yeah, yeah. for listeners, we're not being like yeah, the Japanese guys all know each other. <laughs> they come from the same talent agency. Everybody, that's why well, they know each other. Also, we're also kind of being racist, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's more on them. What's the name of What's the name of your Pokemon? How Pokemon? <laughs> your Pokemon. What's the name of your sleeper agent? Yeah, <laughs> but that's just, that's a whole thing. Like I was talking, I remember talking to Yuki about it. It's very intense. It's a very intense agency process. Mm-hmm. So moving on to other things in Singapore, like you also get, you guys also have like a a healthy improv scene, right? Oh, very healthy improv. Yeah, you guys used to you used to do improv yourself. So I still do. You still do. All right. Yeah. I mean, not not full time, not as in like not running shows as much. But I still do improv on the side. Like, right. I still work with the improvisers because I'm the only comic that actually knows how to run improv shows. Because right. it doesn't matter if you're an improv sketch or stand up, ain't nobody knows how to host and run a goddamn show. Right. Everyone's yeah. a fucking idiot. It's a so it's a I, specialized skill I found out hosting. Like not everybody can do it. You know. Yeah. It's it's kind of like being able to 
put your put your ego in a different realm. Yeah. Because your job isn't to go out there and like, hey, I'm a, the biggest yeah. guy in the show. You're supposed to be like, hey, let's bring on these other names. Yeah. It's an ego and responsibility. You're you're setting the table for other people to have dinner on. Yeah. You don't you yeah. get scraps, if anything. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, so with improv, it's I, I've always found it to be exactly the opposite of how stand-up was. Now in Singapore, you guys kind of coexist, right? You, you can you can stand each other almost, right? Oh yeah, no, we, we love each other. We the stand-ups constantly try to get improv shows, the improvs constantly try to do stand-up. Because it's like, yeah, we just like there is like a respect realm of like, yeah, you do your own stuff. Also, for some strange reason, the improv comedians get investigated more than the stand-up comedians. What? Why? I don't. No, I don't know why. I think no. I think the reason is because the stand-up comedians were a little bit more like we've done this long enough, and we are constantly having to toe the line so we know where the line is. Right. Whereas improv is very much like, hey, we're all gonna have fun, and then occasionally they would like veer off a bit too far to the right or the left, and they say something, and then it's like the, yeah. And also, if improv, if they don't like same thing, stand up. If if, if the people laugh, it's a joke. If they don't laugh, it's a statement. You can get in trouble for a statement. So <laughs> that being said, it's like the improvisers sometimes will do something. Like there has been cases of like, like generally, like gen- the government has come in to investigate a few of the improvisers. Wow! Never okay. the stand ups. They have never investigated stand ups yet. So far, give it a chance. But we've all been, our hands have been clean. Except for Colin, who burned the flag. Or yeah, but it was not for comedy. That that was because he, because <laughs> he he done lose lost his mind. Yeah, he done lost his natural mind. Yeah, uh, I remember when somebody told me that story. I just I can't get over it. It's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the best meltdown <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, with in terms of your diversity, you guys have all these races and you guys have all these scenes going on. Is it harder or easier to carve out a career in comedy in Singapore? I think it's it is the easiest it's ever been, but that does not mean it is easy. I think there are much more avenues, there's so much more opportunities. There's online, there's Twitch, there is TikTok. There's so many ways to become famous nowadays. It's just the question is that how long do you want to do it for? That's always my belief. How long do you want to do this for? Because if you want to become famous, it's fucking easy. Just go on TikTok, do a few internet stuff, have a silly face. 4 million views Right It's come to a point On TikTok When somebody says I have a million views I'm like so Everyone's got a fucking Million views on TikTok It's not impressive anymore So it's it's not very hard To carve out Your own realm But it's like how Do you want to carve out Something that can Withstand the test of time Carve out something That can still last Even when The world is in a pandemic That's a different question And I think Singapore Does have an avenue For those You just need to have The skill to know how to run it. As I've always said, show business is a very long word, but show business has the word business in there. Right. In fact, most of the word is business. I think comics need to remember there is a business side you need to focus on if you want to make a career work. Right. That's very well said because a lot of people sometimes, and I myself am guilty of this quite often, don't remember that you also need to get yours. You need to get your money and not just be, be up there cracking jokes. So, yeah. For you, as well-traveled and well-seasoned as you are, are there a lot of new guys that come up and say, hey, Sam, take me under your wing? No. Nope. Teach me your way. No one is. I think only one person ever has, but only one person ever asked for mentorship, and that guy is a renowned idiot. Like, everyone goes like, this man's an idiot. 
<laughs> so it's like it was like nothing. But most people just ask like, "Hey, how do I get started? How do I get started in comedy?" That's the most common question. Right. I want to do comedy. How do I get started? And the answer is slightly different now because normally I would say, "Go to an open mic." There, there, there isn't any. But I have to go like, "Hey, go to the online open mics. There's a few around the region. Look it up. Uh, when things reopen, go to an open mic." And the most important thing, the most common excuse I've heard. For people who want to go to open mics and want to try comedy but don't try comedy, is that they always say, you know, I've got the set, but it's not perfect. It's not great. I think it's okay. And I'm like, you need to jump in and do it. Comedy is about trying, failing, trying, failing, trying, and maybe succeeding. If you just sit there going, oh, you know, I'll think about it. Oh, I need to be perfect. Oh, never be perfect, because you can you can write it for ten years. You can practice it for twenty years, but performing it once you are there on the spot with the mic with that crowd. All of that practice, all of that writing is out the goddamn window, because it's what happens there, and then you cannot practice for that. So you need to just go in and do it, and then once you've gone in and done it, then you can fix it, then you can improve it. You cannot improve it off stage. Okay, okay. Now let's move back to the scene as we wrap up in this episode.、Uh, move back to Singapore as it is now during the pandemic. Now I know yourself and. A lot of the Singaporean comics out there have pivoted to Zoom shows, right, as we're doing right now. So, how do you see this turning out for all y'all in in the future? Like, is comedy going to be? Because you guys have had your own little shows over the past few months, right? You guys have gone back. Actually, the,、uh, I would say when we started out in the pandemic, there was genuinely a very big hesitant from the scene. To jump to online shows, a lot of people in the scene, in the Singapore scene, were really unwilling to jump on shows. Even like I, I was like really on it. Like we locked down here. We were announced. The lockdown was announced on a Wednesday. We locked down on Saturday. I was online on Tuesday. Wow. Okay. Like that is the experience. Because I, I was like, yeah, what am I gonna do? Like sit around do nothing? No, I wanna get. I wanna do shows. I lost like six months worth of travel in 2020, and I was like, well, it's gone. Let's do something about that. So I jumped straight on and. Slowly over time, some of the comedians were slowly sort of like convinced to jump back in, and then when this year began, things got a little easier. So we've actually been running live shows already. Live shows are technically back, not as we've known them. Like it's like there's a certain capacity, like fifty people maximum. Most of the time, we have to submit our scripts to the government to get the shows running, which is a little bit tiresome. But it is a difficulty that is somehow I'm quite used to it from over the years. So. It is、uh, live shows are back. There are online shows, but I would say the Singapore scene has actually been very hesitant to do online shows. They've been willing to do things online, but not stand up online. But I'm like, hey, as long as you're pivoting, that's the most important thing. Right, right. Because I mean, a lot. Of, are you the only one who does Twitch now, or are there more of you? In Singapore, I have been, and I believe I will continue to be the only stand-up that does Twitch. <laughs> I am very heartened to see that a lot of people around the region have a lot of comedians and and also wrestlers have slowly begun、right. to jump on the Twitch. After I'm not saying that I was an impetus in getting them involved, but I would say a lot of people who have jumped on were people who have been on my shows or、right. I have talked to them about the Twitch. And I'm like, yeah, no, I I don't mind that at all. I think it's really heartening to see because. I would say the part, not say pioneers, like the first, the first people who jumped on for the online stuff, especially for Twitch, were myself and Stephen Bones from Malaysia. Okay, yeah, 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 I know him. Yeah, yeah, and Stephen kind of like Stephen took to it like water. Like he focused more on like the Twitch people and the gaming side. I focused a little bit more on bringing the comedians over to this new realm. 
Right. And now we're like a little intermediate intermediate situation, I feel, with my channel where I'm like, okay, I've tried to bring over the outside world right. to Twitch. So let's try to bring Twitch to the outside world where I'm getting performance back on. But I'm like, hey, you are going to do a little bit more stuff that's more like Twitch instead of bringing a live stand-up show to this platform. We're going to bring a bit of this platform to you for you all to understand and feel like I try my best to, for some people who want to come in, I try to teach them like, okay, this is what you did. You need what you need to do and say, here's a terminology. Because this is something that we're going to have, might be doing for a while. Yeah. And there's a whole platform there of people that a lot of these comics fail to understand which that it is an international market. I think, a, yeah. It's just the problem sometimes with Asia. Sometimes Asian comics in Asia get a bit too insular and they just only focus on their scene. And I'm like, well, congratulations. You're the king of like, what? A 200-seater show. I'm aiming for the 3,000-seater per night over in the US or the UK. If y'all want to y'all wanna keep here doing your own thing, fine by me, but I, I need to get to the ocean. Yeah, but yeah. then a lot, yeah, I, can, I, I see where you're coming from, but then for like local comics, I can understand, like especially here, how they are apprehensive of doing shows outside of the country. Like there are a lot of comics here who are very fun, very good, but I don't want to do English, English sets because it just hinders them. I guess for yourself and for everybody else there, that's not really a problem, you know? Which surprises me because I've always felt the Philippine scene was the strongest, even in English. Right. Like, y'all have some really good talented comics and I, some of them have gone like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if they're doing it. I, I, I saw Nong Long. Yeah. Part of the Cool Pals. And he came to Singapore in early 2020 for like a Cool Pals show with G. Yeah, Abrador. right, right. And, and he was like, uh, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to do an English at how well it work. Motherfucker, murdered. Wow, murdered. Okay. Un- unadulterated murder in English. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, it was not like a broken English set at all. It was like nice, smooth, clean, solid writing. And I'm like, y'all have nothing to worry about. Y'all right. have nothing to worry about. Yeah. If you understand how to do good comedy in your language, you will know how to do comedy in English. You might not be able to do the same length of a set, but you will still be able to do a good set. I think, like, when, when you go overseas, people just think, oh, let's go overseas, you know, this will be what makes me, I gotta, I gotta kill. If I kill here, I'll get this. Like, no, 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 no. Going overseas and performing is the same like performing at home. You don't, you don't have one good gig and then that's your career. You gotta constantly perform. And they always think, I gotta go overseas and do a headliner show. So no, once you start going overseas, you're going to do slightly shorter sets. You're going to have to sort of reset the career per se and yeah. restart at like a 5 to 7, 7 to 10 because they don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. You're not going over there jumping into the same 60-minute set you get to do at home. So you got to reset. And that's good. That's a good That's a good problem to have because especially when you're jumping in from a different language into English, doing a shorter set helps you refine the material, helps you test out the stuff. In, because you need to worry about like language barrier, grammar barriers, context barriers. So... I highly encourage if there's any Asian acts or even non like acts in Europe or Africa uh, doing comedy in another language than English and you're worried about jumping over to English in other countries, don't be afraid. Just start at a shorter period of time. Brag about your career, of course. I mean, telling, telling a booker about like, hey, you know, I've done this in my own home country. That's a good sales pitch because then we can go, okay, maybe we'll, we'll give you like a low, like we'll give you a small show as a showcase. We're going to do 10 minutes in English and then we'll give you like a, hey, here's the show in your language and we can sell a secondary show, which is in like the local, in your own uh, mother tongue, which we know is going to sell out because, you know. Yeah, because you know your shit in your own language. Yeah, that makes sense. 
yeah, and only that it's always a contingent of people, like international people around the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so now for my very final podcasting question, because you've adjusted so well, uh, it's a big one, get ready. Because you've adjusted so mm-hmm. well in, in the world of, the, of digital stand-up, shall we say, and, and you've obviously proven your worth in live, in-person stand-up, which do you prefer now? Like, if you had a choice, would you completely Ooh, ditch? Question. Yeah, would you completely ditch Twitch, or would you try and do more of the same? So uh, I think the fun thing about when I do Twitch is that people go, "Are you doing stand up there?" And I'm like, Twitch is not stand up. I do zero stand up on Twitch. I am just myself. I'm basically a variety performer on Twitch. But to answer the question in a whole, like, do, if I had to d- choose, do I choose to keep things online or not? I would keep Twitch. I would definitely keep Twitch because I've made a very good community. I won't do it as often, maybe like once or twice a week, chatting with them, playing some games. I would still want to go back to live stand-up in person for club gigs. For corporate right. gigs, I want to do it online. I want every corporate gig to be online because I don't want to go to your shitty office and perform for your shitty people <laughs> and none of them are happy to be there. Online, everyone's happy to be there because right. if they don't like the show, they can just put you, they can just minimize the screen. They can yeah. go on with their lives. Everyone's happy. Right. I don't have to deal with your sad face. You don't have to deal with my, my shitty comedy. We all win if every corporate gig, every D&D, just have it online. Put every one of us online. It just makes our lives so much easier. <laughs> that, I, that, that's just the, the best way to take away from, the, the best thing, rather, to take away from the pandemic. No office should force anything on people now. It's not safe. Yep. It's just hard to employees. Yeah. yeah. Screw your eco-friendly Fridays with, with special guest comedian. <laughs> yeah. Why do you need a comedian for an eco-Friday? Nothing says save the earth than getting this jackass to come in here in a taxi, which is going to increase the carbon rates <laughs> of the country. Like, hey, y'all don't think. Y'all don't think. Uh, anyway, that's about it, Sam. Thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to me. Thank you for having me. Hey, man. If you want to put yourself over, now's the chance that the people know where they can Okay. Find so you can find me online, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on the Twitch. It is the same across the board. It is Mr. Sam C M R S A M S E E. Those are eight simple letters because I'm Chinese. Eight is a lucky number. So that's eight simple letters you need to find me. I am Mr. Sam C everywhere. Find me on the internet as well at MrSamC.com. I've got a stand-up special. I've got online corporates. I got a showreel now, a corporate showreel. Nice. I need money. So come over there, book me for your shit. I'd like to see you sometime soon, people. So I'll see you online or in person or in my bedroom, Chino. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Sam C, everybody. That does it for this week's episode of the Class Clown Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Sam C, for taking time out of his busy mid-morning drinking to talk to me about what comedy is like in Singapore. Please, everybody, give him a follow on all his social media, especially on Twitch, which is what he, where he does his comedy now and his entertaining now. And I've been on there, have the, had the privilege to do it a few times. And each time I have enjoyed myself, even if I haven't won a single game, I've enjoyed myself thoroughly. I hope you will check it out at 
Mr. Sam C. Now that does it for me for this week. For next week, we have Mr. Red Oliero. We are going to talk about pandemic comedy uh, because this thing that's been gripping us for more than a year now is not going anywhere. Speaking of pandemic comedy, guys, how do you feel about watching a stand-up show on Saturday lunchtime? Is that a thing that you might be interested in? I'm thinking of putting together an international showcase. Might make it a weekly thing. We shall see. But if that's your cup of tea, if you want to see amazing comedians perform on Zoom, from all over the world. Kasi alam naman natin na nagtago tayo sa Amerika, diba? I hid out in the States for a few months. Wait this Rona thing out. And while I was there, I got to work with amazing comedians. And I was thinking of bringing those same amazing comedians on Zoom for all of y'all. So if that's something that interests you, please let me know. If not, don't say anything at all. Don't Don't tag me. Don't share this episode. Just just do continue whatever it is you're doing. Right? But if that interests you, then let me know on social media at Chino Supersize. Now, because it is ECQ, I will leave you with some words of wisdom. Just because the world is locking down again does not mean you can travel. You cannot travel. Rather, because you can always travel in your mind. Uh, that's some Angelo Castro Jr. shit right there. Again, my name is Chino Liao. This is the Class Town Podcast, a Podcast Network Asia production, powered, of course, by Podmetrics. A goodbye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.